Welcome to a combined special edition of Fun and Fundraising and Successful Style podcast. I'm your host, Rob Giardinelli, and I'm joined by my very special co-host today, Mr. Lance Avery Morgan. <laughs> good, good afternoon, everyone. And we have joining us the Leela Rose, the inimitable, the fashionable, the always chic, Texas native, Dallas raised Leela Rose. Hi, Leela. Welcome today. Well, thank you all so much for having me on. I'm quite excited to be here. We are too. You're in town. You're actually in Austin for a very special purpose. You are receiving a Texas Medal of Arts Award by the Texas Cultural Trust, which is a big deal. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I have to say, I, I'm so honored to be getting that award and uh, just thrilled. So I don't normally get such distinguished awards. <laughs> well, well, you I deserve to get such distinguished awards. Are you kidding? Your, your, your style and your fashion and designs are incredible. So I can't well, think of anyone you. more deserving. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's sweet of you. And I've worked with the nominating process for years with the Texas Cultural Trust folks. And I know that you have been on the list for years. So it's, you know, it's it's about darn time. And you've done so many great things in your career. I mean, from fashion design to you're an author, you're about to release your second book. We've got lots of fun stuff to cover. Well, I do have a lot of stuff going on and I like it that way. I love a little chaos. <laughs> a hard, the hardest working woman in, in fashion is what I'll call you. That's for sure. I'm not so sure about that. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell us, how did it all begin? Your Dallas Rays, what inspired you to go down the fashion, um, to create your own fashion line? And I know your mom, Didi, is super duper stylish. I think she's a super lovely person. So I'm sure it's part genetic and part hard work, but we'd love to learn more about your story. Well, so I did. I grew up with an unbelievable mother and an unbelievable father, both very creative, but in totally different ways. And I just think that, you know, they exposed me to so much and so many things in the arts. And I just grew up a very creative child. I'd love to tell people I was um, probably the least academic person that you've likely had on the show. I graduated <laughs> third in my class from high school from the bottom. Oh, that was my dad's gotcha. favorite cocktail party joke. Oh. <laughs> so pretty much I didn't really have academic choices to go into different fields that <laughs> I was just much more creative and um, entrepreneurial and just always have been and really have loved that. I think but, that's awesome. You know, I have a term for that. It's called gentlemen's bees. Um, cause I, I couldn't get into the top university. Now I just, I had gentlemen's bees. I, I wasn't the top 5%. So I totally, totally get where you're coming from. No, I was the bottom 3%. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think what that, what that goes and says though, Leela, is that, you know, you can be a success no matter, you know, what your skill set. you really have to find something that really speaks to you and allows you to thrive and soar. So tell us a little bit about how you got into, you know, your path to, you know, success and creativity um, and kind of how you initially got started in the creative field, you know, all the way to, you know, how you created your first fashion line and from, from then on. Well, so I was truly always kind of creating businesses when I was younger, you know, starting with the, you know, typical um, lemonade stand, and I definitely had a few of those, but I just, I was, I was always trying to figure out how to make something that people would like. And so I'd started, um, you know, I did these very small, like little businesses doing kind of one, one of a kind painted t-shirts in high school. And then when I went off to college, I learned how to sew. 
my mother says it was probably the worst experience, worse than childbirth for her, was teaching me how to sew. <laughs> um, and then I started this business when I was in college making these one-of-a-kind, it sounds just so hideously terrible now, but I like to think it was chic back then, but um, not so sure it really was. But I was making these one-of-a-kind vests from scarves from the 40s or 50s that I would collect from vintage stores and then cut them up and, you know, piece them together. My dad and I would sit in the garage and we would drill holes and Monopoly game pieces. And those were my buttons. And I, <laughs> I oh. sold... I sold these vests to stores. Like I went to school in Boulder, Colorado. We had a store there that put them, you know, all in the window. We sold to Fred Siegel in LA. I sold yeah. to like a little store in Dallas. I think I probably had six or seven stores that were carrying this, you know, little line of these one of a kind vests. And I just got this just, okay, I'm going to go into fashion. I was a sculpture and painting major in college um, but just decided that I loved working in fabrics and I just loved kind of creating pieces. And so then uh, graduated from University of Colorado and then moved up to New York and went to Parsons in fashion design and then just worked, worked and worked and then decided I was going to go be an entrepreneur again and started my company in 1998. Well, so, 25, so it's your 25th anniversary this year. Congratulations. I, you know what? I keep telling people it's 23 years because, again, I was no good at math. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the pandemic, so, right? Yeah. Oh. And like, well, no, I don't even count that against. I just I'm so terrible at math. And I'm like, oh, I think it's around like 23 years. <laughs> so thanks for clarifying that. Oh, Maybe we should scream. celebrate. We do. We got to get you some. We got to get you some nice silver pieces. Maybe you can come out with a with a silver <laughs> line of some sort to commemorate the anniversary. Yeah. Okay. That's a who. Well, I love that you were sustainable before sustainable was sustainable. Well, you know, I'm I'm pretty careful with that term sustainable because it's very hard to be truly sustainable right. in fashion when you're constantly you know, coming out with new products, but we do a lot of upcycled pieces and really fun one of a kind things. And we just always kind of try to keep, keep things interesting, doing something new. Well, I tell you what, anyone who has seen anyone wear your dresses or gowns, even your little white dress, which I love that you've given the little black dress a life of its own as a little white dress. I mean, they're really <laughs> exquisite. They're happy. They're fresh. They're colorful. They're charming. Tell us about your inspiration these days for what you're designing. You know, I have always said that we're a brand that is so much about entertaining. And our customer is, you know, a woman who has a calendar filled with events. And um, I have always said, I love the idea of matching my drink to my dress and my dress to my table. So I <laughs> am constant. And the way that we do our shows is really creating an event, which is where it's kind of my fantasy of where you would wear these clothes. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly serving you some fabulous drink that's in the theme of the show and some food that kind of matches it. That's very quirky and fun. And I think, you know, that concept of how do you entertain and bring everything kind of all of those details together is something that constantly inspires me. Well, and it sounds like that, that that passion and it really comes through in your voice when you talk about it. 
Um, that really, it, you know, leads us to, you know, your latest and newest project, which is your book, Fresh Air Affairs. Um, and I think that, you know, you know, would you care to elaborate a little bit on the book and what, what inspired you to create it? Sure. So this is our second book with Rizzoli and mm -hmm. I'm so excited. It's, uh, publishing date is March 7th mm -hmm. and I love to entertain I love to entertain through fashion, through food, through everything. And um, so this was the book that kind of came out of, I wouldn't say it came out of the pandemic, but um, I love to also be outside. And the pandemic was a time that you really obviously had to spend so much time mm -hmm. if you were going to see anyone outside and entertaining that way. But even prior to that, all of our shows, my favorite shows that we ever put on are the ones that are outdoors and you kind of like, you just have the magic of your surroundings and mm -hmm. what is the sunlight going to do when, you know, the sun goes down and the stars and it just, there's so much magic with, I think, being outdoors. And this book is really about celebrating that and how do you use a field of wildflowers to really inspire you or, you know, it's just all of these fabulous kind of outdoor events and kind of matched with, you know, the clothing and the food and everything is, you know, all the details really go together. I don't know if anyone ever notices all the details that we do, but I certainly like to point them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, which you is know, great to be able to do in a book too. Well, it is. And it's interesting how you bring up, you know, the there's, I think outdoors, you know, it's, you have to be able to kind of roll with things a little more than with an event indoors, meaning the elements can lead to, let's say for lack of a better word, unexpected things happening. Um, for sure. What's, what's your piece of advice that you would give to somebody, you know, who's maybe a little anxious to well, do an event outdoors? no one ever likes what I say here. And Karen Katz, <laughs> who, you know, was the CEO of Neiman's for a long time, yep, finally... Right one season came to me and she was like, what's up with you and mother nature? And I was like, what do you mean, Karen? She's like, somehow you always get a glorious day for your shows and you are always outside. And I was like, I know. And she goes, what's your plan B? And I said, Oh, plan B is for plan A to work. <laughs> I love it. Take no prisoners advice. I think that's so genius. Certainly not very reassuring to someone who has a lot of anxiety over this. I always just kind of feel like, oh, it'll be fine. And if it's not, we'll just, you know, open up some umbrellas and we'll be fine. We'll just figure it out. And for some reason, you know, I we have been burned a few times, but not really that many for as many times as we've thrown caution to the wind and just said, we're doing this outside. No plan B. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, what's so great is that, you know, being a Texan, you know, Texans love to entertain. Tell us about your experience of growing up in Texas and how has that influenced what you create both with fashion and your, and your entertaining sensibility. Can you share some, some insight about that? Sure. So my mother, uh, who you mentioned earlier. I mean, mm -hmm. she has fantastic taste and style. She loved to cook when I was growing up and she was always making something fairly adventurous. Nothing, none of my friends were ever eating whatever my mom was cooking at home. And I really loved just kind of being involved, like being in the kitchen, 
mm-hmm. um, seeing whatever she was creating and all of these different flavors. And for some reason, I've always linked entertaining with, well, I, I know why, but I've always linked it with like all this glamour and clothing and beauty and this mm-hmm. sparkle and magic. And I just constantly loved that world. And I feel like we're entertainers as much as, you know, I'm a designer, but I love to entertain. I mm-hmm. love to cook. I love to bring all of these senses together. And I just, I, I for me, I just see it as one world. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's, so that's really cool. So, it, you know, what's interesting in hearing you talk about it, and this is the next question I want to ask you is, so you use you use entertaining really as a way it feels like to drive your brand tell me how you know how much you know events really drive your overall brand and you know drive increased sales and drive your business as a whole i think they're completely linked and again you know our customer is a woman who is she is the guest of or she is the you know hostess the best hostess she is constantly doing things and we're constantly trying to give her not only what to wear, but ideas of like how to make your events even that much more special and that mm-hmm. much more detailed and that much more interesting. And, you know, through the book and the recipes that we have in there, but also the ideas of how do you match your drink to your dress and your dress to your table and just make everything I, for me, this is just so much fun. I love coming up with details and love coming up with like new ideas and ways to kind of match it with whatever I'm wearing, whatever I'm telling my guests to wear. And um, so I do think our brand really is driven as much by fashion as it is by kind of creating these fantasies of how you're entertaining with fashion. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And let me ask, speaking of branding, do you have a piece of sage advice that you would lend to our listeners and followers uh, who would who are creative entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own brand? Any any sort of um, hard knock tales that you can share or any insight that you'd like to share with our folks? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is obviously an extremely tough industry, mm-hmm. but um, I would say Two things have really helped us in succeeding to whatever degree that we have succeeded. I think persistence and just really having a passion for what you do and just deciding I'm going to do it no matter what and just keep Mm -hmm. at it and one Mm -hmm. foot in front of the other all the time. And that is not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the mind. And the other thing about building a brand, and I think that, you know, we as a company and I, as a designer, we've always been very consistent with Mm -hmm. what our brand is about, who we are, and we're not trying to be all things to all people. And that's, I think when you're starting out, it's very hard because people are kind of giving you advice and suggestions Mm -hmm. and saying, try it this way and try that. And how about you look a little, you know, this is more on trend for right now, Mm -hmm. but do trends really matter? I don't really think to your mm-hmm. core customer that they mm-hmm. do. I think your core customer comes to you because they love what you do and you just keep doing that and getting better at it and keeping that interesting and exciting and changing, but not changing what your vision and passion and drive is and what mm-hmm. your look is. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important to kind of stick, stay in your lane and do what you do and no matter whether that's hot at the moment or not, it doesn't really matter. 
That's really interesting because it's when I hear that, you know, I, I think of a conversation that I had, and this is full circle as to why you're in Austin right now, um, Heidi Marquez Smith who, you know, we were talking about, you know, events and, you know, the whole point of talking about how people feel. And, you know, with a brand, you're right. It, people won't necessarily care one way or another where you go if they're loyal to you because you make them feel some level of joy and happiness with what you do and what you create, that they're going to follow you along. So long as you're on the highway, you don't have to be in the same lane per se, but so long as you're on the same highway going to that destination, they're willing to go along with you with the journey. If you create a strong feeling and a strong sense of positiveness, you know, right. that, that associates with you and your brand. Right. I would totally agree with that. And I think our customers, they, the ones that love our clothes, they really love wearing them. And I think that, you know, our clothes are typically very colorful. They're very fun. They're very happy. And it's so much about who the brand is. And we're always looking to be gracious and entertaining and have fun because if it's not fun, what is the point of doing it? Or at least for me, that's, that's how I've always felt. Amen to that. I agree a thousand yeah. percent. And you're, you're known to be a great entertainer. I've seen so many great pieces on you in the media with your own entertaining talents in New York and Wyoming and everywhere you are with your, I mean, with Fresh Air Flowers and it will be a success. We love dealing with Rizzoli. Pam Summers is a dear friend. We love working with them. As you progress, do you see a whole bunch of more entertaining books in your future? As you progress? I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, books do take so long to do and they're, mm -hmm. but they're so much fun. I mean, I, knowing me will, yes, we'll do something. <laughs> we'll do another book soon. Awesome. <laughs> if anyone on my team is listening, they might die. <laughs> hearing me say that. <laughs> we just opened up a store in Jackson Hole as well. And, um, right. Yeah, we've got a lot going on with that and a lot going on with the book and, of course, a lot going on with our three different divisions. Um, but it just it's fun to always kind of come up with these ideas and concepts and just do it in a different way. And Absolutely. I think that entertaining really does bring kind of this different element to our brand. But it's also just so authentic to who I am as a person and as a designer. You bet. And I think that when you chronicle it in a book, it lasts forever, as you well know. So that moment is always oh, with yes. you that you spend I, so much time <laughs> doing. There's a few photos in there that I was like, oh, not my favorite photo of me. Why? What was I thinking? And then I'm like, great, this is lasting forever. <laughs> well, you, you could almost you could almost tie that to entertaining and events. Because, you know, my opinion is, is that there's no such thing as the perfect event. Because if you try to try to create one, you know, if you, if it's not perfect, you know, how do you learn and how do you grow? So if, if there's actually, all these things you want to change, I think that's really a good thing. Perfection is never my goal. Fun mm. is my goal. And I think perfection kind of sucks some of the fun out of it, to tell you the truth. You know, I love those magical moments when something does kind of go wrong or, you know, the wind is blowing too much, but <laughs> like somehow, last night, the VIP party. You know, yes, there was a lot of wind, but you know, there's just something so magical about being in the elements and being in mm. nature and you can't control it. And you don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Um, but it just creates this whole level of drama that, you know, is out of your control. And there's really something I think so fun about that and so magical about that. 
And I think to continue the metaphor, it, it, nature can either be your best guest or your worst guest, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. character. It. <laughs> true. <laughs> but Absolutely. even when it's terrible, there's something so fun and funny about it all. You right. Know? Just like that charming drunk, you know, guest at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Not that any of us totally. have those at our parties, but yeah, <laughs> in theory. Oh my exactly. Well, I think maybe I've been that guest a few times. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I think most of us have probably been at one time or another, right? <laughs> well, speaking, yeah. speaking of, of drink and cocktails, so I, I want to touch upon something that, you know, for a listener or a follower that might be that might be overwhelmed a little bit by what you may have said earlier about linking the dress, you know, linking a cocktail yeah. to a dress to an event. Can you give, you know, kind of a simple piece of advice? to make that feel, you know, make that feel like it's something, you know, really simple that you can kind of apply to really anything you host, whether it's, you know, a, a large dinner party for 20, or if it's just having a couple friends over for brunch. Oh, I absolutely think you can apply all of these ideas to any type of event that you're doing. And I am such a believer in the details and details really, you know, they communicate wow, this is going to be a little different, a little bit more fun, a little bit more special, whatever it is. And I have long said the very top thing on my most important kind of party essential list is having a specialty cocktail. And that doesn't matter if you're having three people over, mm -hmm. 20, 300. Like there's something about thinking about, you know, what are you going to greet your guests with? It's mm -hmm. having a smile on your face, you know, not being stressed out and having a specialty cocktail, which are all so linked to me, linked for me. But, um, you know, I think specialty cocktails are such a great way to communicate the detail that's going to be coming forth. And does that mean you have to be spending forever mixing up some drink? Absolutely not. It's so easy to make something special either by you, the use of color or the ice cubes that you use or are you putting edible flowers in the drinks or mm -hmm. you know there's just something really fun about that and i think it's such a great way to to greet people and to really show them that they're in for kind of an interesting time based on the details that you're thinking through absolutely and it's like you know basically once you pick like the color of the cocktail you're going to have that allows you to kind of figure out what you're going to wear that will complement that well and it doesn't mean you have to be monochromatic as long as it goes together and fits you know, you're, yes. you're really embodying those details you're talking about to be a good host. Now, I, my, I do mine opposite because, of course, when I'm designing a collection, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to serve oh. this cocktail with this. <laughs> and I'm going to do this. <laughs> but yes, you can do it any way that you want. So very I, chicken and egg, basically, is what yes. you're saying with that. You know, one one can be get Which the came other. first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and to your point about details, I think that shows that you care as a, a host or a hostess. It shows that you're you're thinking about your guests and you're you're making them feel as welcome as possible. And that's my opinion of what you just shared. Well, and I definitely am, but I'll tell you what, selfishly. I get such a kick out of coming up with fun details. And there are things that half the time you would never even notice, but I'm mm -hmm. always, I'm the most obnoxious hostess where I'm like, oh, did you see this? Did you <laughs> notice this detail? Oh my gosh. Am I not genius? Like <laughs> I love that. You're my kind of hostess. That's for sure. If you can point out those details that I may have missed and I rarely do, uh, I love it because there's always more is more is more in my opinion. Oh, I'm with you. More is more is more. Just keep going. <laughs> Never stop. 
Awesome. Well, if you have time for a couple of fun questions, one thing that we'd love to know is what skill haven't you included on your very extensive resume that makes you unique, Leela Rose? Mm, what skill, huh? Well, I do love to cook. I love to mix up drinks, but you might not know I was a tap dancer in college. <laughs> I that was not okay. Is, the is, media right, on Lila, you. is there an artistic medium you do not excel at? No I mean, oh, I don't designer, I don't, dancer. Oh no, I absolutely do not excel at tap dancing. But I would just go terrorize people in the grocery store because my tap teacher told me that was the best place to to practice your tap dancing was the grocery aisles because it was a very crisp sound yeah oh, how um, fun! but i actually so we have this crazy table in our new york apartment where one piece of the table comes out of the ceiling and comes down on cables and meets with two pieces of the table that come out of the floor that you sit japanese style in and then it links up with two other tables mm -hmm. so we can seat 68 people you know, all at one long dinner table, but then it appears and disappears kind of with the push of a button. But where my tap dancing comes in is I love to tap down the big long table. And this is, of course, after a lot of tequila. And hopefully most people have gone home because my tap dancing is pretty terrible. But <laughs> now that is still some like runway to, to tap dance down. That's genius. Well, of course, I'm getting visions of Auntie Mame with the table that comes down out of the ceiling and you yes. hopping on that. I just, it sounds pretty genius to me. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a fun table. That sounds like a fun table. Now, another question that, that I have, and I think this might be a good anchoring question to kind of end with and kind of, you know, kind of for the future with your own brand is, what is your all-time favorite fashion or party look? And how have you put your own spin on it? Hmm. My favorite party look. I mean, I don't know that I've ever had... I've had a lot of party looks that I've loved. But I don't ever like to be too expected. So, mm -hmm. you know, of course, I think our brand is so, you know closely affiliated with a dress, but I love pantsuits and short mm -hmm. suits. And, you know, I just think color, I would say color is the thing that I'm always dressed in and generally bright colors. And I love to just ham that up as much as possible. So that's some good, that's some really good um, sage advice there. And it shows that you're a Texan through and through. Um, Cause you know, we, we've had conversations with Bob Mackey and he, he told us like when he was in New York, he could always tell someone was from Texas based on their love and their usage of color. So I would 100% agree with that. Absolutely. Black and, you know, has never been mm -mm. a color in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. And you know, like a lot of folks in New York do like to wear black and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's definitely a distinction and a difference, you know, between the two, but color really just gives you that, that personality that, that can really kind of shine through in a way that, you know, a, a neutral really can't. Agreed. And I've just always said, it's so much fun to walk into a room wearing a bright yellow dress and everyone else mm -hmm. is dressed in more muted colors. And I just adore that. So color has been a mainstay of any collection that I've ever done forever. 
Right. And that defines you. And it also defines the Leela Rose woman for whom you design. And again, Leela, congratulations a jillion times over. We're looking forward to applauding you tonight as you take the stage and, and earn your medal. And we're just so excited that you were, you're a fellow Texan and excited for all of your past, current and, and upcoming success that's in the queue for you. Oh, well, thank you all so much. It's been so much fun to get to speak with you both. And I so appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tonight at the, at the All game right. Line. Looking at forward to it. See you then. Same here. Thank Take you care, all. Lila. Thank you all so right. much. And Leela Rose's book, Fresh Air Affairs, will be available on March 7th, 2023 through multiple outlets, including LeelaRose.com, Rizzoli.com, and fine bookstores near you. And with that, we are going to sign off. Cue it up, Lance. I'm Lance Avery Morgan with Success with Style. And I'm Rob Giardinelli with Fun and Fundraising, reminding you to keep it fun, keep it interesting, and everyone will have a great time. Take care and have a great day, everyone.